0: to the Final Roar, a Carolina Panthers podcast. It's your host, Jared Feinberg, and I hope every one of you listening to this is having a great day, evening, morning, afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. This week, I've been watching my beloved Atlanta Braves playing the San Francisco Giants at home. I'm actually, as I'm recording this, I am watching... The Braves' third game of a four-game series against the Giants this week. Um, as they are currently down 2 nothing, as we enter, I think, the bottom of the sixth inning. So, yeah, there's that. They also played the Dodgers this weekend. Freddie Freeman returns home to Atlanta. That's kind of exciting. Then they play Philly after that series this weekend. So, just hoping Carolina, or not Carolina, <laughs> I'm hoping uh, Atlanta can get some key or, you know, some good wins under their belt. Some good series wins against the Giants, the Dodgers, the Phillies. Some very important games coming up, especially over the next several weeks. And yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting. I hope the Braves can catch up with the Mets. Mets are probably going to have their classic season. Collapse at some point, just don't know when. Maybe they might not have it at all. Who knows? But, yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Just chilling out on the porch, talking to you guys, having the Braves game in the background. It's a nice evening, 80 degrees. Feels good. Feels good. So, anyway, in the last episode, we had a discussion on the Panthers' quarterback situation. Obviously, there have been continued talks between Carolina and the Cleveland Browns about Baker Mayfield, some of the details on what could occur if a trade were to go down anytime soon. In today's episode, I want to talk about some of the expectations for the Panthers' 2021 draft class, not this year's draft class, last year's draft class, Um, as they enter their second year in the NFL or their second season in the NFL. Just some quick thoughts on some of the top players from that draft class so far. Um, I'm not going to get into all of them since it will probably take maybe an hour just to discuss the entire class. I mean, you have, you have what, 12 players from that draft class for Carolina? It's a pretty big draft class. Shout out to Scott Fitter for trading down a lot, making moves, adding more talent, young talent, maybe that can. Continue to make an impact for years to come for Carolina. But before we get started, um, I want to give my thoughts and prayers out to the families of Jalen Ferguson and Tony Sergo- Sergoza. Um, both sadly passed away Wednesday. Ferguson was a young, developing pass rusher for the Baltimore Ravens and was expected to have a role on that defense this coming season. Um, at one point, I think, Came from Louisiana Tech, if I'm not mistaken. Led the country in sacks, or led the country in sacks for a few seasons. Um, Was up there in terms of career sack yardage, or career sacks in the NCAA. So, um, Tony Sergoza, excuse me, um, was a fixture of the Baltimore Ravens defense from 2000. Um, The great Baltimore Ravens defense from that year. Um, At the tail end of his career. And and he was a key part of both. Colts and Ravens defense. From 1990 to. 2001 so. um, Man it's just. It's so heartbreaking to see. um, This news and. Baltimore Ravens fans having a. uh, A very. very, uh, Tragic day today. And I know Ravens fans are hurting. I know my colleague Nick Price. Who's a Ravens fan. I know he's uh, been in bit of a down mood today um, and obviously so the death of Jalen Ferguson and Tony Sergosa um, will definitely hurt for a while so um, again I send my thoughts and prayers to the families of both current and former player um, may they both rest in peace so other than that let's go ahead and get into the draft class expectations from the class of 2021. So first up, we got JC Horn, cornerback from South Carolina, eighth overall pick from a year ago. Um, He ended up getting some rave reviews during OTAs and minicamp over the last few weeks or so. Um, some, Some within the organization think he might be the best corner on the team, better than Dante Jackson. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um he offers great size, amazing coverage and ball skills. He's very good in press coverage. He's physical at the line of scrimmage. He has a knack for making plays on the ball. Offers good run support and tackling technique. I mean, he has all the makings of a number one cornerback in the NFL. Like a high end number one cornerback in the NFL. Um one of his draft uh teammates from from last year's class patrick sertain he's already i i would argue he might actually be there as a top corner in this league um just of how he performed this past season patrick sertain the second son of patrick sertain uh he he's going to be very good for a long long time i'm very excited to see what he does this coming season but jc horn you know, he's coming off a foot injury that limited him limited him to only three games this past season. And you know, I I, I see this more as a semi rookie year for J C Horn. You know, he's got a full season to look forward to. He's healthy. Hopefully, he can stay healthy. If he does stay healthy, I believe he has the talent to be the best cornerback or maybe the best player on this roster. Some within the organization, from what's been reported, some believe he's already there, which is quite impressive for someone who only played three games last season. So, you know, expect there to be some welcome to the NFL moments for J.C. Horn here and there this coming season. Um, I wouldn't really put it up too much against him if he ends up getting burned a couple times um, trying to be too aggressive you know this is if he's able to stay healthy this year this will be his first full season in the NFL so maybe some of the time he took away while in rehab watching film continue to grow more learn the playbook um, maybe that will help him a lot in his development but how he does on Sundays will, we'll we'll just have to wait and see. But I can definitely see him being so good to, to the point where he ends up making the Pro Bowl, like an easy Pro Bowl vote. That type of good. Some people think he is. So we'll have to wait and see on that. But my expectations for Horn are that you know he's going to have a semi- rookie year. So I'm not going to put too much against him. Give him, give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Um, I expect a good year two from JC Horn, a healthy year two, and one that will help the Panthers defense out so much in the secondary. Um, I can only imagine what that secondary would have been like had JC Horn stayed healthy. Of course, Stephon Gilmore probably wouldn't have been on the roster. I, I don't think CJ Henderson would be on the roster either. Maybe he would, who knows, but, um, that those are kind of what my expectations are for Horn. Obviously, could also make the Pro Bowl. Let's move on to Terrace Marshall, former wide receiver from f- former wide receiver from LSU. I can't speak today. See, this is kind of the more unfiltered, unedited podcast. I wanted. just kind of speak my mind, speak openly. If I screw up, I screw up. It is what it is. So we're moving on. Terrace Marshall, wide receiver from LSU former wide receiver from LSU. Big-bodied receiver was a part of the elite receiver tandem in 2019 at LSU that featured Jamar Chase, who's arguably one of the 10 best receivers in the league, and Justin Justin Jefferson, who's arguably one of the five best receivers in the league, in my opinion. Um, Of course, with Harris Marshall, um, I was big on him. During that draft class, I had a first-round grade on him. Um, he's got great ball skills, great size, n- understands how to separate, still developing as a route runner. think he could do a better job breaking at the top of routes, breaking off his routes on outbreaking and in-breaking routes. Um, but he can create natural separation due to his size and length. I think he can also do a better job at expanding his release repertoire. And I think you know, he didn't have a lot of production. He he had very little production this past season. I think a lot of it had to do to just if how just how bad the offense was this past season. So I just don't think that really helped things much for Terrace Marshall. Now we we saw flashes here and there, very few flashes though. We saw in the preseason. For example, the Colts game in the preseason when he had that long catch and run. um, Flashed a little bit throughout the regular season, but was injured at times. And, you know, it just never really put it together. So the question really is will he be featured more in Carolina's offense with Ben McAdoo as the offensive coordinator? Will he be able to put it all together? There have been a lot of rave reviews about. Terrace Marshall, could he end up having a breakout season this year? Maybe one that could see Robbie Anderson out the door after after this coming season. Who knows? But I do believe that Ben McAdoo will do his best to try and incorporate Terrace Marshall into the offense as best he can. I could see where they play Robbie Anderson a little bit more in the slot and allow Terrace Marshall to play on the boundary as maybe a traditional Z receiver. Um, he can be an X receiver for sure, but I think that X role will go to DJ Moore this coming season. Moore is easily the best receiver on the team by far. Uh, but, you know, I, I really like Terrace Marshall, I think he can be a very impactful player for this offense. But a lot of it will depend on how he's featured in the offense. How the quarterback situation is. Those are really the two main factors as to if Terrace Marshall ends up having a good season overall. Or a good year two overall. So we'll see. It's more of just a wait and see with Terrace Marshall. But my realistic expectations are that he does end up producing. I think I'm going to say... 40 receptions, 400 to 500 yards receiving, and three to four touchdowns. That's a pro- I would say that's a productive year, too, for Marshall in the situation that Carolina is currently in. If the situation was better, they get a new quarterback anytime soon. Maybe it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe it's Baker Mayfield. I could see that production going up a little bit higher. But at the moment, not really. So I'm expecting maybe 400, 500 yards receiving, a few touchdowns, close to 40, 45 receptions. I think that's fair. That's very fair. Let's move on to the next player Brady Christensen. Big name among this list. Brady Christensen, offensive tackle from BYU. 25 years old or he was 25 when he was drafted older older player he's so not really considered one of the younger players of course he's probably one of the older players considering how young the roster is for Carolina um but he is a second year player he um he, he's definitely probably one of the more intriguing players on this list Um, He's undersized for an offensive lineman at his size at 6'6", 200, or not 200, 300 pounds. Um, He's played the most out of all the players on this group or in this group. Um, He has great functional athleticism for his size, great movement skills that allow him to play at any position along the offensive line. Um, Some fans have had concerns about power. Can he generate power? Good power at the point of attack, and I I saw plenty of that this past season. Um, The Arizona game, the Washington game, I think the Miami game as well. We saw that a little bit this past season, where he was able to generate some power and leg churn at the line scrimmage, at the point of attack. So no, I don't really have any off when he or I don't have really any concerns there. Um, He offers plenty of drive and just he's able to drive offensive linemen or defensive linemen back. So I don't really have any concerns there. He started at left tackle, right tackle, left guard, right guard. Hasn't started at center yet. Could see him doing that at some point if injuries, God forbid, happen. Um, But he is the jack of all trades for this Panthers offensive line. Like, if you need him to play right right tackle for a couple series while maybe Taylor Moton's trying to get a cramp sorted out or he's trying to stretch his legs or whatever. He gets hurt on the play trying to stretch it out a little bit. He he can pretty much play everywhere on the offensive line. His technique improved as the season went along late last season. I thought the Tampa Bay game, um, the last game of the season on the road in Tampa, I think that was probably his best game in terms of technique and showing good footwork. Um, So there's a lot to be encouraged with Brady Christensen. I expect him to compete for the left tackle and left guard spot. Now, I expect Akimi Iguanu to be the starting left tackle, so that means I expect Brady Christensen to start at left guard, and that's basically been my expectations for probably most of this season. Um, even before the draft, I was expecting you know Brady Christensen to start at left guard, and if the Panthers were to draft an offensive tackle at six overall, they would be the starting left tackle for this coming season. So that that's basically where I am with Brady Christensen. I think he will be a very formidable starting guard at this level, at the NFL level. And especially at left guard. He could be a really good starting left tackle if he could. Definitely a possibility there. I ex- but the Panthers drafted Ikeem to be their left tackle. I expect him to play there. So we're going to expect Brady Christensen to play at left guard this coming season. Um, so basically, your Panthers offensive line this coming season, if all goes well, left tackle will be Iguanu. Left guard will be Christensen. The center will be Bradley Bozeman. The right guard will be Austin Corbin. And then, of course, right tackle being handled by Taylor Moton, who should already have at least two Pro Bowls at this moment. But, unfortunately, his team is bad. And, no, he's not getting the recognition he deserves. So, that's another story for another time. But, anyways, let's move on. Tommy Trimble, former tight end from Notre Dame. Not a lot of reps as a pass catcher at Notre Dame. Um, I think, though, his best game when he was at Notre Dame was probably the game against Clemson, that thriller in overtime. I think that that would be the game to watch if you're looking to see what type of potential Tommy Trimble has. Um, he's still growing, he's still a growing player, has plenty of growth left. Um, He was pretty raw last year when he was able to play a little bit this past season. Um, Offers good blocking skills and good blocking technique for a tight end. But again, he's still growing as a pass catcher in terms of route running, creating separation. But he has plenty of athleticism, good catch radius, good ball skills. So there's something to work with there with Tommy Trimble. I believe he can be the team's number one tight end. But I do think and I want to keep Panther fans in mind. Or keep this in mind, Panther fans. Tight ends tend to take longer to develop. Like we saw with George Kittle, he didn't really come onto the scene until his third year. We didn't really see Travis Kelsey come onto the scene until his third or fourth year. That's one of the best tight ends in the NFL. We, haven't, we don't really see these top tight ends truly develop and take over and become a dominant force until at least their third or fourth year. Uh, Or at least become good high-level contributors for their roster, for their football team. So, could Tommy Tremble be the team's top tight end? Very possible. But you have to be patient in his development. I don't know if Caroline will be... I don't think Caroline will be very patient with that because they just signed Ian Thomas to an extension. So we'll have to wait and see how the Ian Thomas situation unfolds this season. But I do like the direction that Tommy Trimble is going. I know fans aren't the... I know there are some Panther fans that aren't the biggest fans of Tommy Trimble because they're like, he he's just... He's a jack, just a guy, you know, and I get it. I get it. You want to see more production, but with last year, DJ Moore is a special player. He was going to get production either way, but for the rest of the team, having any sort of good production wasn't really going to work out. So hopefully that changes this coming season. I do expect it to change. I expect Trimble to show more growth in 2022. I don't think it will keep Carolina from targeting another tight end in in the 2023 offseason, though. Especially if the position doesn't show consistent improvement. If Ian Thomas shows he's just not it this coming season, in an offense that will feature the tight end a lot in the passing game, It's time to start looking at tight end in 2023. Unless you see Tommy Trimble have a great season. Or at least a very encouraging season. To say hey Trimble could be the starter in 2023. The number one starter at tight end in 2023 for Carolina. But right now. We'll just have to wait and see. But I do expect more growth from Tommy Trimble. I do expect him to find a role on this team and to be a quality starter for this football team. That's kind of where I'm at with Tommy Trimble. Two more players to go. Chuba Hubbard, former running back from Oklahoma State. One of the best rookie runners from this past season while filling in for the injured Christian McCaffrey. Flashes home run speed, the ability to move the chains running north and south flash some moments where he can be a solid change of pace back but I think the issue is he's not going to have he's not going to get a ton of reps this coming season unless God forbid Christian McCaffrey gets hurt again reason why is the Panthers signed Deontay Foreman in free agency former running back from the Tennessee Titans who happened to take over for the injured Derrick Henry and produced pretty well for Houston or for Tennessee this past season. So, expect Deontay Foreman to be the number 2 back on this roster. But Chuba Hubbard could steal that job from him if he improves his balance and the strength with his his balance and strength with within his core and his lower half. If he's able to get stronger there, that will help with better balance, better stability on the ground, and being able to shed off tacklers easily. You know, there there were times this past season where he just straight up fell because he lost balance. I think if he works on that balance this offseason, if he has, we could see Shuba Hubbard being the number two back on this team. But I expect him to be more of a change of pace back for this for this football team. As Deontay Foreman is probably the number two back behind Christian McCaffrey. Um, that's kind of where I am with Hubbard. I think that's where a lot of people are right now with Chuba Hubbard. Could he be the future running back of this team? I don't know. I just want to see if Christian McCaffrey can stay healthy. If McCaffrey can stay healthy at least this season. Or at least play or start 15 or at least 14 games this season. If McCaffrey can play at least 14 games this season, I'd have no problem stick, sticking with McCaffrey moving forward. But Tuba Hubbard, he's kind, of, he's kind of in a tough spot. Will probably be the number three back this coming season. Last player on the list, Davian Nixon, former defensive tackle from Iowa. He was injured for most of last season due to a knee injury, but when he was on the field, he was very impactful. While it didn't really show up on the box on the box score. He on tape flashed some great functional athleticism. He's a great athlete. Very powerful, very explosive. Showed plenty of flashes of pocket disruption and penetration. And he can overwhelm opponents with his explosive explosiveness and power at the point of attack. He has the talent to be the future number two defensive tackle next to Derrick Brown down the road. But he'll probably be in the My expectation is he'll probably be a fixture on the Panthers' defensive line rotation. I'm going to be high on Davian Nixon either way. Because he was my top-ranked defensive lineman from the class of 2021 as a whole. I thought he had the potential to be a very good defensive tackle at the next level. I still think he can't. Um, but he'll need further development. He may start out on the physically unable to perform list, the pup list, for the first few weeks of the season. Until he can be ready to go and start. Or even be a part of the rotation for Carolina. But that is a player you would want in your rotation. He's young. He's still developing. But he has all the traits you look for. And a potential star at defensive tackle. This guy went in the fifth round. I had a second round grade on him. Went in the fifth round. That's that's quite the steal for Carolina. Quite the, quite the steal for Scott Fitter, if I may add. But again, once he's healthy, he'll be a fixture on the Panthers' defensive line rotation. I could see by year three or year four, he's the starting defensive tackle next to Derrick Brown. Assuming Derrick Brown is still on the roster. Assuming he, assuming Derrick Brown ends up having a good year this coming season and ends up being a true cornerstone piece of the Panthers' defense. That'll be something to keep an eye on. I would want to get, like I said earlier, I would want to get into the rest of the draft class, but it would take me another 15, 20 minutes. And I'm already getting close to 30 minutes on this podcast. So we're going to end it here. We're done for the day. That will do it for today's episode of The Final Roar. I'm not sure what I'll do for next week's podcast, but I'll keep you all in the loop. might talk about Robbie Anderson. May talk about this upcoming draft class. This rookie draft class. Matt Corral. I keep me You know what? We may talk about Matt Corral. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's talk about Matt Corral next week. And thankfully, I already got a script ready to go for it. I'll talk to you guys about that next week. Matt Corral. Can't wait to do it. We have We'll have a special guest for an interview next week. Looking forward to it. Can't wait. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you all so much. And I hope all of you have a great rest of your your day, evening, afternoon, morning, whenever you're listening to this. Alrighty. Peace and keep pounding.